Good morning, everyone. Hypocrisy. <laughs> Hypocrisy. That, that is the failing of the scribes and Pharisees that Jesus condemns in our gospel today. He says they do not practice what they preach. They do have God-given authority because they sit on the seat of Moses. In other words, they regard themselves in a line of succession going back to Moses. Just as our bishops are in line of succession going back to the apostles. But the problem with the scribes and Pharisees is that they are hypocrites. Instead of helping people, Jesus says they are putting burdens on people. They want to be seen. They want honors. <clears throat> Instead, Jesus says his disciples are not to be seeking after honors. They are not to be called rabbi and are not to call anyone on earth father because there is one father in heaven. So there's a thousand, thousand dollar question, brothers and sisters. If Jesus tells the disciples not to call anyone on earth father, why are Catholic priests called father? This is something Protestants will sometimes try to trap us with. Every now and then I meet a stranger who says to me, priests should not be called father because Jesus says, call no one on earth your father. We have but one Father in heaven. So I usually respond by asking, do you celebrate Father's Day? And that usually takes the wind out of their sails. And suddenly it becomes obvious that Jesus does not mean that we should literally remove the word Father or Teacher or Master from our vocabulary. So how do we understand what Jesus meant here, when he said this, well, brothers and sisters, we must always remember there are three important guidelines for interpreting scripture. Context, context, and context. <laughs> and in this gospel passage, Jesus, he is condemning hypocrisy. We call a Catholic priest father because he is our spiritual father. But when Jesus said to call no one father, he was condemning hypocritical use of titles for one's own glory. Not just the, the title father, but the hypocritical use of any title. Rabbi, father, master, teacher. You know, in fact, using the title father to refer to a priest as our spiritual father is quite biblical. There are many instances of spiritual fatherhood in the New Testament. St. Paul, I mean, he, he referred to himself as the spiritual father of the Corinthians. Here's what he said in his letter to them. He said, even if you should have countless guides to Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And Paul, he also spoke about himself as the, the spiritual father of the Galatians by referring to them as his children. Additionally, 
Paul regarded himself as the spiritual father of the Thessalonians. To them he wrote, As you know, we treated each of you as a father treats his children. St. Paul, he saw himself as the spiritual father of Timothy. He wrote to the Corinthians, he said, I'm sending you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. You know, over and over, in the pastoral letters that Paul wrote, he implies himself as the spiritual father of Timothy and, and Titus and Onesimus, just to name a few. And he addresses each one of them as his dear child or his true child. And St. Peter as well, he urges, he uses the language of spiritual fatherhood. You know, in his first letter, he writes that my son Mark sends greetings. The Mark he's referring to is Mark the Evangelist, who, who had Peter as his source to write the gospel of Mark. When Mark wrote his gospel, he, he consigned to writing the teachings of his spiritual father, St. Peter. So Christ condemned hypocritical use of titles, but spiritual fatherhood is bringing people to Christ and calling a priest father describes his role rather than being a mere title. You know, the Greek word for angel means messenger. It is not just describing a spiritual being, but it's telling us the role of that spiritual being to be a messenger. When we call a priest father, we are referring to his role as our spiritual father. Just like St. Paul and St. Peter, a priest is the spiritual father of his flock. So to connect this, my friends, in closing here, um, I want to connect this theme of spiritual fatherhood in the priesthood to an important week we are beginning today in the church, my friends. Today, we kick off National Vocation Awareness Week. And brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is, we are in a vocation crisis. We do not have enough priests to properly minister to the number of Catholics in our diocese. And we are not ordaining enough new priests to replace the priests who are who are retiring. And to remedy this, it must begin with the family. Parents, grandparents too, we need you to be open to the possibility that God desires your son or sons to be a priest. And God needs you to foster an environment in which your son is willing and able to hear his call. You know, imagine asking your son what he wants to be when he grows up and he answers, I want to be a priest. What would your reaction be? Would you be worried or elated or somewhere in between? The truth is that God has a plan for each of your children. He wants them to be happy even more than you do. And their true happiness is found in discovering God's plan for their lives, their vocation, and following it wholeheartedly. It took me a little while to, 
to hear my vocation to the priesthood, but when I did, I've never been happier in my life. So if you're truly concerned about your children's well-being, it makes sense to, to help them discern their vocations. You know, whether, whether it's to marriage, priesthood, or religious life. And I would like to offer you seven simple ways to foster openness to God's call in your home. Number one, snuggle up and read a story. You know, sometimes the simplest ideas are the best. Add some books about famous saints to your bedtime readings. You know, there are dozens of fascinating age-appropriate stories of saints who were priests and religious. There's even a comic book about Pope St. John Paul II as a child. Number two, watch a better movie. When it's time for family movie night, take a pass on whatever Disney movie is popular and instead, you know, check out a movie called A Mission to Love. It's about the life of St. John Bosco. There are tons of other Catholic films that depict heroic and interesting priests and religious. And I think you will have a far more meaningful conversation afterwards. Number three, set the record straight. You know, the secular media, de media, its depictions of dating and sexuality are often opposed to authentic love. So when a TV show sends the wrong message, set the record straight about what leads to real happiness, especially around teenagers. Defend the sacrament of marriage between one, one man and one woman. Number four, play dress up. You know, just as children play house and pretend to be moms and dads, help them imagine the life of a priest or a brother or a sister. You know, a sheet or a towel can serve as a, a sister's habit. A Ritz cracker makes a good host for play mass. You know, this kind of play, it normalizes what can otherwise seem to be an, an otherworldly vocation. Plus, it's a lot of fun. There are lots of priests out there who said they did play mass when they were kids. <laughs> Number five, prayer. The real prayer. Pray from the heart. You know, in your family prayers, pray for more priests and religious. And let your kids hear you praying for their futures. For example, you know, you praying, Lord, Watch over Peter today and, and give him the grace to grow up to be a strong man of God. Keep him close to you, always in your perfect will. Number six, talk about vocations. You know, speak openly about vocations to marriage, priesthood, and religious life. From the earliest age, make it clear that happiness in life is following God's plan. Tell kids that priests have an awesome job because they bring the sacraments to everyone. Teach them that religious brothers and sisters make special vows to live like Jesus. And number seven, make friends with priests and religious. Befriend them. <laughs> Invite a priest, a sister, a brother to dinner at your house 
I love that. <laughs> Personal relationships are key. You know, when kids are comfortable around priests and religious, they're far more likely to be comfortable with the idea of a priestly or religious vocation when they grow older. So my dear friends, when it, when it comes to fostering vocations, please just, just have an open attitude. If your child expresses interest in the priesthood or religious life, be supportive. If you're excited, don't push too hard. If you're apprehensive, trust in God's plan. And the best thing you can say is, whatever God wants for you, I want for you too. Amen.